You are listening to The Whole Half with Anna the Holy Banana. My goal is to keep it real by sharing it all and holding space for others to do the same. Okay, so I'm on my way to our wellness retreat in Canandaigua this weekend, me and my friend Dr. Haley. We have been hosting these since 2020, I think, 2020 or 2021. I can't remember. I'd have to think back, but I want to say this is our fourth or fifth retreat now, and we learn so much from every single one. We love doing them. Each one is unique in their own way, and um, this weekend is our spring retreat in the Finger Lakes. So we go back and forth. She lives in Canandaigua. I live in Lake Placid. So in the fall, it's gorgeous in the Adirondacks. So we bring everyone to the Adirondacks in September or October every year. And we go to the Finger Lake region where she is every spring for a nice weekend getaway to unplug, recharge, and to be surrounded by people who are like-minded and resonate um, with living healthy and well. So that's where I'm headed. And I just got back from vacation on Monday. I was gone for just about three weeks, just a couple days less than, and I didn't have a chance to record a podcast for this week. I normally uh, post a podcast episode every Monday and I was driving home from Florida and I got home and right away had to like pivot into getting stuff done for work that I was behind on from being gone and then right into the retreat. So I didn't get a chance to record one ahead of time for this week. So better late than never, I'm on my way and I figured why not try to record one while I am driving. Now, have no fear. I am totally focused on the road. This is on speakerphone. Um, The quality might be a little different than others just because I am in the car driving but I think that it will work and hopefully it does. So I wanted to just kind of recap about vacation, about heading into summer, what I'm most excited for, and hopefully there's some takeaways on times that maybe you're headed into vacation, get you reflecting on summer. Um, It's an exciting time, I think, for a lot of people because the nice weather comes out and we can start moving and, and getting outside more than normal if you're in the wintry like North America where like North Northeast Coast um, where I am Um, I know I always cherish this like two to three month period where the weather's nice and it's not so hurtful painful dreadful to go outside (laughs) not that I don't love winter um, and it's beauty around the Christmas time but when it just drags on into March April May it can be a drain so Let's talk first about vacation. So I did a podcast about like prepping for vacation, um, how I was headed into it and from like a mindful standpoint about like the anxieties that often come from going into vacation. But I want to talk a little bit more about how vacation went. Um, So Mike and his family, Mike grew up in Florida for, I think he was like, nine or 10 before they moved to Colorado. So he was born on Anna Maria where we went to vacation. And after they moved, they would come back to the island every year for family vacation. 
for a couple weeks. Um, so they've done that for many years. And last year was my first time joining them. And this year we did that again. And it was really nice because last year, a couple of his family members couldn't make it because of work. But this year, everyone was together. So his parents were there, all of his brothers were there and his brother's wife was there. So we were all together and it was a really nice getaway to just kind of detach. Um, we run the hockey store in Lake Placid. If you're ever in town, definitely stop in. But um, that's the family business. And I work there now too. And it's stressful to prep for a vacation where five of your nine employees are family members. <laughs> but we did it and it was super fun. And shout out to all the employees that stayed home and kept the ship running well and oiled while we were away. But um, so not only did we as a family have to prep for that before vacation, but I did a lot of prep on myself before vacation. So in the past, vacation has always been a very anxiety induced time for me, um, especially if it's a beach vacation where swimsuits, being on the beach, more body exposure than is typical when you're just living at home in your routine of getting up, going to the gym, coming home and going to work and then dinner in bed. So um, anxiety is... I think um, common, I wouldn't say normal because I don't think that anyone should be feeling that way, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. And I know that because I definitely experience it. So, or I have experienced it in the past and I still do at times, but I know now the tools to prep myself for that. So um, leading up to vacation, and this was in no way a like, prerequisite. I didn't have to do this to go on vacation, but I knew that from the divorce and from the just stress of the last couple of years working remote and the job not being a great environment, um, I had definitely kind of let myself fall to the wayside. And when I say that, I mean, yeah, I was exercising, but I wasn't really nurturing myself with reduced stress and stress reduction practices. Um, I was just getting up and rolling onto my computer, working remote, sitting there until lunch, then sitting there until dinner and maybe going to the gym, maybe walking the dog and then plopping in front of the TV before bed. And it doesn't make me too proud to say that because I am someone who promotes wellness and promotes taking care of ourselves and prioritizing it and making time for it because really it comes down to are we making time for it or are we not making time for it? I know a lot of people that I've worked with as clients say like, oh, I don't have time. Well, we have time for what we make time for. And I found myself in this rut January, February towards the end of when I was working there when they let me go. Um, I was realizing that this work that I was preaching to my clients, I was not following and that didn't feel good. And I knew vacation was coming up and I wasn't feeling very confident in my body. And that I think is very taboo to say in eating disorder culture, especially as someone who has struggled with an eating disorder in the past and body dysmorphia. But I really dislike that that has kind of put a bar over our words to be able to say, Hey, I'm uncomfortable in my body because that's reality. Like sometimes we just are, and we can feel when we are detached from that center. So I definitely felt it. Um, and I committed on March 1st, I began and I started a regime to get myself strong again, feeling confident again, 
and it went really well. So what I did for that was I exercised five, maybe six times a week. Um, it wasn't all intense either. I did a lot of strength training, so lifting in the gym. It wasn't always sweaty circuits. I did that maybe like once or twice a week. Um, but I really prioritized the strength and the nutrition, especially my protein. So I know that a lot of you have heard me talk about it, but I have been eating animal-based since August of 2022. Um, I'm not dogmatic where I never let anything else touch my lips. Like I'll explain that on vacation. I definitely allowed myself to just enjoy the time, but I know I feel best now with the way that I eat when I'm at home. And so um, with animal-based, pretty much what that is, is meat, organs, fruit, raw dairy, and honey. Um, and when you hear that, you're like, well, what about vegetables? Well, there's a lot of vegetables that are non-toxic or low toxicity that do fall under the fruit category. Um, so like zucchini, squashes, um, I eat avocados, like things like that. And the funny part is, and I talk about this a lot more in my other podcast about this, so scroll back and find that one. I can't remember. It's like 25 or 26 that I talked about it. Um, but the foods that this animal-based way of eating promotes you to eat are the foods that I always thrived on. And I they were always the foods that I would reach for if they were there. And when I was starting to learn about this and the fence chemicals in vegetables that show up and how they can be inflammatory for your system, I was like, wait, this just makes sense because all the foods that they were talking about that are like, like, um, like kale or chia seeds or quinoa, just for example, foods that really like they're inflammatory, they can be inflammatory to your system, um, and they do contain defense chemicals, and they were foods that I never was able to digest, like, I kid you not, they just passed right through me, and I was like, this makes so much sense, so it really aligned with me, and I've really, like, felt so great since incorporating it into my life, um, and that is really what I prioritized from March to vacation, so March to May 18th, it was about 12 weeks, and I worked really hard. I did eat at a deficit, but I made sure to track that, and I was nervous about tracking, I'm not going to lie, because in the past, tracking has made me feel um, very triggered over my eating disorder, but this time around, I tried to change my perspective um, because I knew my goal, and I really wanted to achieve my goal. Um, I didn't necessarily have like a weight goal. I mean, I had a number in mind, um, but I didn't actually get to that specific number before vacation and I still felt great. And it was more about how I felt as I went than what that number was. Um, because remember, I was strength training, I was eating protein, I had muscle um, growth happening while I was also shedding fat. So um, it wasn't necessarily the the weight on the scale that mattered most to me in the process. It was how I felt like I wanted to feel confident again and strong because that was something that I wasn't feeling at the time. So when I started this regime, I started tracking, like I said, and again, it can be nerve wracking to do that when you have an eating disorder or a history with eating disorder. But again, the perspective that I used on this one was, Hey, um, 
I'm going to use this to make sure that I'm eating enough and not falling into under eating because I think that that is where I struggled the most when I was going through my eating disorder. Um, I had binge eating disorder and then I went towards anorexia because I was very much under eating and the reason being in my head I was like okay I'm gonna eat less so that I can start shedding this weight but then it was like a competition with myself of like okay can I eat less today and even less today and even less today and tracking actually was freeing for me because it allowed me to see that okay I'm reaching my goal, but I'm also prioritizing what I need to be eating to support my body. I didn't lose my cycle. My cycle maintained regular the entire time. Um, on days like Easter or my birthday or Mike's birthday, I just put the tracker away. I literally, I put it up on the shelf and I put my phone app away and I put a note in there and said, hey, it's Mike's birthday, I'm just going to enjoy not tracking today. And I wrote it down. And by putting that note in there, I was holding myself accountable to know you're not picking up your phone and tracking today. Um, so I'm actually very proud of myself for how I managed that. I would not say that I was free of the um, eating disorder mind that can creep up when you're in, when you're doing work like that. However, thankfully, the work that I've done since all of that when I was in my younger 20s, um, it all bode really well to doing this work just these past couple months because my awareness was there. My awareness of when those things clicked on was, oh, that's that's a toxic thought and we're not going to go there. So that's how I navigated essentially my weight loss journey. Again, another taboo term when you've had a history with an eating disorder. But I wanted to shed some weight. And I think that is perfectly okay to admit when you feel uncomfortable and you know that you are not where you want to be to thrive. So, um, yeah, I, and I'm not eating at a deficit anymore. I stopped eating at a deficit a couple days before we left for vacation. I was eating at about a 500 calorie deficit, um, depending on the day, depending on how much exercise I did, but it, 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 averaged around 500 and honestly like towards the beginning yeah it was a little tough like oh like I want to eat a little bit more um but really after the first week or two my body started to adjust to that and I just made sure that I never overdid it with exercise and if I did do like a crazy amount of exercise I would add in just a little bit more um protein or a little bit more carb around the time that I was like heading to do the workout so that I had the fuel to do it and I wouldn't bonk. Um, so that's how I navigated that. And then heading into vacation, like I said, I brought my calories back up to maintenance um, over the last couple of days so that I didn't just like shock my system into, oh, now we have 500 calories more. I did it over a couple of days. And then once vacation hit, I put, again, my tracker away. I did not bring my scale. I just let myself be, you know, I let myself eat. And now I had all of those habits that I had developed over the past couple months where I knew like, okay, like if I eat a burger, then that's this much protein and I need to be prioritizing this much more in a day to be able to get my protein goals in. So I actually am really glad that I tracked because it taught me a lot about uh, food portion, which is something as someone who's had binge eating disorder and anorexia, like that's something that you completely lose touch with when you're eating in those ways. So 
um, that was helpful for me. So when we went on vacation, we left on uh, Thursday, May 18th, and we drove first to Cape May, New Jersey. If you've never been to Cape May, New Jersey, you need to go. It is absolutely gorgeous. We loved it. It was a sweet little town um, down on the coast of Jersey, and it just, I don't know, I loved it. We definitely want to go back at some point. Um, but we went to, we found a carnivore-ish, I guess, uh, restaurant there called Primal, and they just grilled their meats on an open fire with some sea salt, and it was incredible. I mean, there were a lot of sides and stuff that I did try to avoid just because I knew, like, first day of vacation, if I just fill my body with seed oils right now, I'm going to feel like crap <laughs> right off the bat, so I tried to, um, eat sparingly. I definitely tried everything, but like I just had a couple bites of things here and there and really prioritized that protein. Um, I got, I actually didn't get steak there. Mike got steak and I got fish. I can't remember what kind of fish, but it was really good. I remember posting it on my stories. You might've seen it, but, um, that was a really fun experience. And actually we learned there that in New Jersey, it's BYOB to a lot of bars. So, I mean, I don't drink, but when we walked in, they were like, do you have a reservation? And I was like, no. And apparently you need a reservation for this place, which is like good to know for the future. Um, but they had a couple spots left at the bar, which I'll explain why that was such a godsend in a second. But um, so we sat at the bar, but it was super funny because the bartenders were just like waiters and waitresses. They like they gave us water and then they weren't doing anything besides like bringing us our food. Um, cause they don't serve drinks. Like you bring your own bottle of wine or whatever you want to have at dinner. So we thought that was interesting. Um, and then, so we, we ate dinner there and actually this is a really funny story. So the next day we were headed to Nags Head Beach in the Carolinas. I want to say that was North Carolina. I'm horrible with geography, but I know it was the Outer Banks area. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was North Carolina. Um, so there's a ferry from Cape May to... Lewis, Delaware, that we were going to take in the morning. First thing, that was going to be our first part of the trip. And I don't know, I looked at the ferry like a month or so before our trip. And I, while I was planning out the route, I was like, okay, like there's a ferry. We'll just roll up. We'll get a ticket. Well, the couple that was sitting next to us at Primal, that restaurant in Cape May the night before, they saw Mike's sweatshirt. It's in Miracle on Ice. Um, it was one of the hoodies from his store. And he started talking to us about it and he was saying how he watched the game when he was younger and this kind of stuff um, and then we got talking with them and they said that they came from the ferry that morning and they were there to bird watch and it was they were very cute um, <laughs> fast forward they actually put an order through on the website that I sent out the other day when I was catching up on orders when I got home and it was so cute and I like wrote a hand note back to them handwritten note back to them um, from their note because they gave us a restaurant recommendation and everything but they were very cute and they actually saved us because the ferry um apparently you need to be there like an hour before takeoff if you don't have a reservation to get on the ferry and when he when we were talking at dinner he's like you need to go on and make a reservation right now because we got stuck this morning and we couldn't get a reservation and we just got on by luck. Like we've been doing this for years and we've never had this issue. And I was like, Oh my God. So I went on my phone at dinner to get a reservation and they had none. Like we couldn't get on a ferry until 4 30 PM, according to the 
um, online website. And that was not going to happen because we needed to drive. I think that day it was like a seven hour drive. And if we didn't start until 430, like that was going to be a really long day. So or we would have had to drive around, which was like two extra hours. So these people saved us. Their names were Doug and Susan, and they were so cute. Um, but thank God they were there. And thank God we sat at the bar and thank God we met them because we would have rolled into the ferry at 920 for a 930 takeoff. And we would have been waiting probably like all day for a ferry. Um, so when they told us that, we decided to get up at the crack of dawn and get to the ferry at 6 a.m. And uh, we were the first car rolling on at 7 a.m. So thankful for Doug and Susan because otherwise we'd probably still be stuck in Cape May, New Jersey, likely, because um, the ferry was so packed full. Anyway, so that was a fun story in, in Cape May. And then so on to Nags Head. We didn't love the Nags Head area. It was very much like a, a strip mall area. Um, it, there was a stretch along the beach. The beach was gorgeous. It was a lot more wild than the Cape May beach just like way more exposed. Um, so the waves were bigger and that kind of thing, but it was still very pretty. We liked the place that we stayed, but not necessarily a place that we would go to vacation just cause it felt very like, um, I don't know the word like commercialized. Yeah. But where we went to eat that night, I think it was Mulligan's Mulligan's crab shack or something. I don't know. They had an amazing burger. I had a burger with crab and blue cheese on it. Mike had some seafood and that was, absolutely delicious um so we absolutely loved our meal there and then let's see on to so that that was our second day of driving our third day of driving we drove to hilton head south carolina and this is somewhere we a hundred percent want to go back to it was so gorgeous um we got everywhere we went we got there and we would go for a run except for cape may cape may we didn't go for a run we just went right out to dinner because it was later in the day um, but we got to, to Hilton Head, South Carolina, and we put on our running shoes and we went running and it was so fun. There were, there was like a little center. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about, but there was like a little center with all the shops and restaurants and we found a restaurant and I got a burger. It wasn't the greatest quality. I felt kind of like I was eating a McDonald's burger. I just took the bun off and ate the burger. Um, but Mike and I also had some shrimp there and Mike had some delicious fish dish um, that he absolutely loved. Um, so that, that was also a really fun stay. We went and found the beach there and then we went back to the hotel and next morning was our last day. So we tried to get up kind of early. Um, we stopped at a church in, oh gosh, I don't remember the name of the town, but it was somewhere like an hour away from Hilton Head. We stopped along the way. We found this cute little cafe where there, um, default for their lattes was whole milk, which made me absolutely love them. And I got my matcha latte there because it was my drive day and I needed to stay awake. So for some reason, I fall asleep when I drive. That's a issue that I need to resolve and figure out. But um, the matcha latte um, helped and I keep the AC on, which helps too. So that last day, we finally arrived in Anna Maria Island. So it was a four day road trip, three stops. So Cape May, New Jersey, Nags Head Beach, North Carolina, Hilton Head, South Carolina, and then Anna Maria Island, Florida. Um, and actually on the way 
there, we did stop at the farm stand to try to get raw milk, but it was a Sunday, so they were closed, even though online said open. But the next day we went and stocked up on raw milk and raw cheese, and we made kefir the entire time that we were there, which it was so good for my gut health to have that going on because we were eating out a lot. Um, and actually a lot of the family members decided to try it and we were making a batch like every day. I just brought some kefir grains down in the cooler that I kept cool every day um, with ice and then the fridges at the hotels that we stayed at. Um, and the grains worked great. It was amazing. The kefir that we bought there, they had some ke raw kefir in the fridge section where we bought the milk. And while we were brewing our kefir with the grains, we bought some to like temporarily get us through and it was such a different taste. I actually, so fun fact, on the way home from this, I we had tried the kefir. Um, and so on the way home from the store, I was Googling, I was with Mike and his mom and we were Googling like, where the heck do kefir grains even come from? Like, is it possible that there's different strains? How do they come about? Like, where, like why would this kefir taste so different? And we learned that, oh God, I'm gonna forget all of the details, but there is the cacate, okay, actually I'm, it's coming back to me. The Caucasus Mountains, um, the people of the Caucasus Mountains is where kefir originated. And I could be getting this wrong, so please don't <laughs> uh, quote me. Look it up. But I read online that the Caucasus, um, the Caucasus Mountains is where kefir was originally like invented, and people were storing their milk in uh, like animal hide, like leather skins. And they figured out that if they put it in there, it would keep and not rot. And so that's when the crystals of kefir were created. Like they would find these grains at the bottom of the skins, which sounds so gross, but just don't think about it. <laughs> um, but ultimately they said like, this is where the kefir grains came from, from the milk being stored in these skins and every kefir grain that exists to this day originated in that in that like uh tribe whatever that society that's where kefir grains originated and you can't recreate them i mean i guess you could but for some reason the article said like they're not recreatable like you can't grow kefir grains like you would like sprouts or a plant or anything um and all of the grains out there have grown from the original grains which is so cool and that is true like if you make kefir with your grains the grains last um and eventually grow like with every time that you make kefir they grow and that's why like you would give them to someone or you can freeze them you can dry them and and freeze them or something like that to keep them but i thought that was fascinating so that's a fun fact about the kefir but i was very thankful that i brought the grains down and we found a lot of raw milk to make the kefir with. Um, it really helped the digestive health on the trip. And I shared a reel a couple days before heading home on the things that helped my digestion stay grounded just because I was eating out a lot, a lot more than I had been, especially in the last couple months before vacation. And I was just, I, you know, you can't always, I of course asked the questions like, hey, can you cook this in butter? Hey, is this seeded? Is this coated in canola oil? And if they answered yes, like I'd just pass on that. But there was this one place I went and I asked him if they could cook it in butter and he came back and was like, yes, but we cook it in a butter, al a liquid butter alternative. And it's like, okay, so how many places did I go that said they were cooking it in butter, but they chose that instead, you know? So you can only do so much and it's ne like never feel bad for asking. 
Um, it's it's a simple two questions. Hey, is this cooked in canola oil? Hey, can you cook it in butter instead? You know, and if they say no, you either decide to get it or you choose something else. So it really doesn't have to be a big thing. And people respect you for listening to your body. And honestly, (laughs) I think that every waiter or waitress that we had on the trip probably learned a lot more about their restaurant than they even knew because I was asking those questions and they were learning like, oh, wow, we do use that to cook in or we don't use that. So, um, never feel bad for asking those questions. Be an educated consumer. So, um, yeah, we spent two weeks on the beach. We were just a stone's throw away from the beach. We biked, we went out to eat. Um, Mike's dad's birthday was in the time that we were there. So, um, we celebrated that and we just had a lot of fun. I mean, I read three or I, I think I was on my fourth book as we were headed home on vacation, which like, I love reading, but at home it's, I'm going to admit it's hard to find the time. Not that I don't have the time I can make it, but I just get so busy and caught up in everything that I should be doing. I need to prioritize reading more at home because I love it. But I read a couple really good books. Um, every day I'd get up and work out or walk on the beach and get some movement in. Then we'd head down to our favorite cafe. Um, I'd maybe make some eggs to go with the smoothie or smoothie bowl for some protein. And then we'd head to the beach. And from there, we'd either stay further at the beach, come back to the pool. Um, I made dinner a couple times for the family. I made burgers one night. I made chicken kebabs another. Um, and then we'd play games or I'd go to bed early. It was amazing. Um, and I'm so thankful that I had that opportunity to get away because I love vacation and I think everyone, everyone should have one, even if it's a staycation to just shut off from the to do's and the tasks because we need to recharge just like our phones do. So we stayed there for two weeks. We left on a Saturday on the way home, Denise, uh, Mike's mom came with us. Oh, I almost forgot. We did yoga. We went to a yoga studio multiple times and it was amazing. Um, the instructor there actually she is coming up to the northeast in the summer and she's going to try to come to one of my classes and she said if I'm ever down there for a long enough time where I'm like looking to teach or do a workshop or anything she'd love to have me at the studio so that was a really cool connection to make and just goes to show that you should definitely um, show up in the spaces that you enjoy wherever you go because those connections are amazing to have um I'd love to live somewhere like Florida someday because it's sunny and warm and I miss that already from being home. But anyway, so we started home on Saturday, June, oh gosh, what was it? Third? Yeah, June 3rd. And we took one less day to get home than we did on the way out. We were very lenient on the way out. Like we had extra time, but I had to teach on Tuesday morning when we got the day after we got back. So we, we prioritized getting back on Monday, June fifth so that I could teach on Tuesday, June 6th. Um, but we stopped, where did we stop? We stopped in Rock Hill, South Carolina the first night. And then this, and it wasn't anything super special. I mean, we got there super late and we literally just went into the hotel and slept and then got up the next morning, um, and drove to Hershey, Pennsylvania, which was so fun. If you didn't see my stories, um, I'm so sorry. Cause they were actually very entertaining. We went on a roller coaster, the three of us, and a fun fact that Mike had never learned about me actually because we had never gone to a park like this together is that I scream 
nonstop on every roller coaster that I go on. I can't help it. It's just my reaction to being terrified and yeah, terrified <laughs> about falling freely. Uh, the roller coaster we went on, I looked it up, had a free fall of 216 feet. That's insane. Um, you literally, like when we were rounding the top, you couldn't see the, like the ground, like where you were headed, you couldn't see where you were headed. That's how steep it was. So I, <laughs> the photo that they took, I snapped a photo. I didn't buy it. I should have, um, I really should have, but the photo that the machine snapped while we were on the roller coaster was hysterical. And I looked like I was being eaten by a tiger while simultaneously falling off of a building. <laughs> and Mike just looked like he was chilling, but also kind of scared. And Denise was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> it was very fun. Um, so Hershey was a huge hit. We went to a really awesome brewery where I got a steak. Um, unfortunately that at that point I was like 24 hours into like a food poisoning situation. Um, just like, honestly, like it, it was very awful. Um, having to drive and like being so my stomach was so upset for so long. Um, but that's okay. It was temporary and I'm super thankful for the kefir and the optimal carnivore supplements that I had, like the liver and, um, different ligaments and things to help support my system through that because without them, I think I would have died more. (laughs) Um, and it was just such a good reminder of why I don't just eat whatever is put in front of me because my body doesn't love it all. So I was super thankful for um, all the things that kept me grounded, even though I felt like crap on the way home. Um, but the restaurant that we went to that night after Hershey Park was the first meal that I was like actually enjoying again after the last 24 hours. And the steak was amazing. Um yeah. And so then we went back to the, the hotel and just kind of hung out. The next morning was our last day driving. So we got in the car and drove home. It was so nice to be home. Loyo was very happy to see us, but didn't really, he wasn't on board with leaving where he was staying. It was really funny. We had to literally drag him into the car. Um, that was very, very funny. And he was kind of off. I think he was like holding up his resentment of you guys left me for almost three weeks because he didn't, he wouldn't come to bed that night. Like he always sleeps in the bed with us, but (laughs) he, he stayed on the couch and was like, no, I'm not moving. And so we had to like pick him up and move him to the bed. It was really funny. He was kind of like playing teenager. Um, but it was really fun to get home and to pick him up and to get back to the apartment and sleep in our own bed. And Um, the next morning, get back into the rhythm of teaching yoga. So it was a really awesome vacation and just something that I'm so grateful for that I have in my life now, because a while back vacations were just non-existent. Um, and I'm so grateful that I'm with someone now that, that supports the fact that vacations are important and a priority and they're very possible if you save up and, and prioritize it. Every bit of yoga money that I saved up from like March, April, May to up to vacation time, I saved every penny and that was my vacation budget and it was amazing. So I'm very thankful for that opportunity. I'm thankful for everyone who made that possible for me. And likewise, I love knowing that I'm supporting local businesses and small, small businesses because it's not like (laughs) that money is going towards like a giant investment, you know, it's going towards like these people living their lives in a 
fun and down to earth and healthy way. So I really enjoy knowing that where I, when I spend my money with local farmers and things like that, I just, I so appreciate that in return. Speaking of local farmers, I am so excited heading into summer. Now things that I'm excited for now that we're home, um, of course, the retreat that I'm on my way to, um, this is something that Haley and I have looked forward to since we hosted our last in September and coming towards summer. Um, I have my half marathon program that I'm running in July. So if you've ever wanted to run a half marathon and you just don't know how to train and you don't want to do it alone and you're in the Lake Placid area, head over to my website and sign up because this one is going to be an amazing opportunity for someone who's looking to stay accountable and make the goal happen. Um, so we're going to start in July and then the races in October, we're going to do one group workout, one group run a week, and then, um, two workouts you'll have to do on your own. So that's a really awesome program. I did it last summer and it was amazing to see those ladies cross the finish line with those big smiles. It was really inspiring. Um, and then I'm also running Holy You in July. So that is my program where I help ladies process and learn to discern and make decisions that are more aligned with them, most aligned with them and live a life that um, truly resonates and isn't just a let's go through the motions, but let's live to the fullest that we possibly can. Um, so I'm very excited about doing that work again with 10 awesome ladies in July. Um, what else? I'm thinking about hiking the Adirondack 46 high peaks. I have like 26, but I just, I don't know. I feel like I kind of want to just do them all. So that is one goal that I'm thinking about. I have a couple goals that I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about maybe training for a running race, maybe doing the, the 46 high peaks, maybe working on handstand and like really getting strong there. I haven't quite decided. So stay tuned on what I decide there, but, um, yeah, I mean, I went from Ironman to kind of like being in a in a little bit of a hole with the job that I was working, like I shared at the beginning of this podcast, like I just wasn't really prioritizing my wellness. But now that I have this fitness under my belt, and I feel good, and um, things are good, I think I'm going to kind of use that to my advantage to set a goal that I want to achieve this summer. But I haven't quite given that enough thought to know what it is. So stay tuned for that. That should be fun. But I really encourage you to, to find a goal, whether it's the half marathon program or the Holy U program or something on your own, like get up to three miles in your, in your running or get the, get the strength to be able to do one pull up over the summer. Do, do something because when you, and I, I really encourage you and I've talked a lot about goals and how to set them. So again, go back and find that podcast on that, if that is something that you're like, well, I want to do that, but I don't know how to, I talk all about it on one of my podcasts, just a couple podcast episodes ago. Um, but I really encourage you to set a goal that is, um, attainable because once you achieve it, like when I finally crossed that Ironman finish line, it was like, okay, what next? Like I can do anything. And I mean, that's a massive goal, like a different level scale than like doing one pull up, but it's all relative. So like when I got to the time to leave for vacation and I realized that I had accomplished my goal of like, okay, I'm, I'm strong and I've shed some weight and I feel way more confident. And, um, I just feel like I'm, I'm so much stronger in mind and body. I was like, okay, like what next? I'm so excited to figure out what next. Um, 
and I haven't figured out that one next. And it's okay to give yourself time, but I encourage you to even just set like the tiniest goal and achieve it to get you started. Because once you achieve it, you're going to be like, wow, I did that. I can, I can, well, all right, what's next? What am I going to do next? And that's why it's important not to set such lofty goals that you never achieve anything because that's how you get discouraged and you just kind of stay stuck in a rut that you're in that isn't really fulfilling or, um, fulfilling. Yeah. So that's a little wrap up on vacation. That's a little bit of foresight into summer. Oh, I said talking about local farmers, the farmer's market. I can't even tell you how excited I am about the farmer's market. I have not been able to go to one. They actually started the weekend that I left for Florida. I was so bummed and I'm going to be missing this weekend as well too. Maybe I'll find one. Maybe I'll get Haley to uh, direct me to one in Canandaigua on my way home tomorrow (laughs) or on Sunday. Um, but I'm so bummed that I'm missing the farmer's market for a couple of weeks. But once I am back every Sunday, I will be there. If you're there, look for me, say hi to me. I would love to see you. Um, I'm so excited about the farmer's market. And of course, our weekly trips up to the farm for our raw milk. Denise and I will continue to trade on and off for that because they can't bring raw milk to the farmer's market. Unfortunately, they can only sell raw milk on their farm in New York State. So we still have to drive up there. But that's okay. We actually, um, on Tuesday after I taught yoga, the day after we got home, we were all out of raw milk and I had to go to Burlington to get my car fixed. Um, and on the, while we were over there, I found a farm stand that had raw milk and it was super fun. I love finding like different places that you can try like different products from different regions and their raw milk, they had raw goat's milk and raw cow's milk. So I got one of each. I made the kefir for this coming weekend at the retreat with the cow's milk. And then I'm making a batch of goat's milk kefir, which I've never had, but I'm hoping it works well. Um, I'm making a batch of that at home right now. And Mike will have to, Mike will have to pop it in the fridge once it's done fermenting, but I am very excited to try that. So it was super fun being able to venture. I, I love Again, I love this animal-based way of living, the lifestyle that it is, because, I mean, if I hadn't gotten into raw milk and farms and this kind of stuff, like, I would, that would be something that I would never even think to look of, while, look up while traveling, and it has brought me to some really cool people in really cool places throughout my travels, because it's a priority for me to find, and you meet really cool people and you see really cool places by getting out and exploring where that can come from in different regions. So another reason I just absolutely love, I love, love, love it. I love it all. So, um, let's see, we have probably like three hours left to the drive at this point, but thanks for helping the last 45 minutes go by pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, I am really glad that I had the thought to do this while I was driving because, again, I really hate missing a week, um, especially since I got back into putting my podcasts out. I like really, I really like staying consistent. So hopefully um, this quality is okay and I can actually put it out there. So you'll know if you're listening to this that it was deemed okay by me. Not perfect, but okay enough to put out there. Um, And stay tuned for next week's episode because I am very excited to get into some more topics with some guests this summer. Now that I'm back, I'm going to be scheduling out some guests. So let me know what you want to hear on here. Let me know who you want to hear from on here, who you love for me to get on this podcast. Um, 
it's a space for us all to feel supported and yeah, supported. I always say the word and then I'm like, yeah, that, that was actually the word. So I'm not going to second guess myself and replace it. I'm just going to repeat the word. So apparently that's a habit that I have. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to pop off and get back to probably listening to some music on the rest of the drive. I have a matcha latte that I prepped before leaving because my drowsiness on the road is a problem. Um, so I have it nice and cool in here and I am going to drink my matcha for a little boost in energy and then we'll be there before you know it and stay tuned on my stories and everything for weekend updates if you are interested in coming to one of our wellness retreats please be sure to check out our websites um, drhaleyshoff.com and holybanana.com also get on our email lists because that's the surest way to know about them first Uh, Make sure you're following us. Our next one is coming up in the fall. I want to say it's in October. I believe we said an October date. Um, I'd have to look at my agenda, though, because I haven't looked at it in a little while. Um, But just keep an eye out because we're going to be launching that weekend date, I think, next in the next couple weeks after we wrap up this one. So if a retreat is something that sounds grounding and appealing to you, make sure to keep an eye out for that because they are coming. So thank you. Thank you for listening. As always, thank you for your support. Um, Just one final thing. I want to send one huge thank you to Carnivore Crisps because this is a brand that I love and loves me back. Not in the sense that, oh my God, Anna's amazing. Like, oh my God, we're going to support humans the way that humans are meant to be supported in nutrition and well-being. And they are doing the job well. They're American. They are grass-fed. They are amazing. And all they use is salt and meat in their ingredients for their meat chips and meat flours. So I highly encourage you to to check them out. CarnivoreCrisps.com. You can use the code HOLY, W-H-O-L-L-Y, for 10% off your order. Every order I appreciate. I actually can't tell you how much I appreciate it because it's supporting me in doing something that I love and supporting them back. Um, So thank you so much for checking out that link and using my code if you do. They are actually a sponsor for our retreat weekend this weekend and we are excited to share that with our guests at the retreat. So definitely check them out. Um, I'm excited to bring them on all of my adventures this summer. If I do the hiking goal, I'm going to be out hiking, but maybe I'll bring them along as maybe like a sponsor to that too. So we'll see, but I'm so excited to see where that brand goes because they are the real deal. All right. I will tune out and see you next week on the podcast. Have such a great weekend, everyone. Bye.